All right, everybody, welcome back to our second episode of the Sports Needle. Um, this is our intro for episode two. Just want to say thank you to all our supporters who listened to our podcast last week. It was huge. It means a lot to us. And if you're new here, thank you for joining as well. We're really excited for our second episode of this uh, for this week. We've got our starting with Zach DeLoach, Mariner's second round draft pick. We'll get into him shortly. And then we're going to be following that up with a game show with our prestigious tennis player, Alex Volke. And we'll follow that up with our commentary of the week on what's going on in sports. There's a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Can't wait to share it with you. Uh, unfortunately, Nathaniel is out for the week. He's camping. But um, yeah, we're excited. We'll hit the timestamps in the um, bio for you so you can skip over to whatever you want to listen to. Anything you want to add, Drew? Yeah, it should be a great day. We're really lucky to get Zach on today. This is going to be really exciting. Got a lot of good questions. So should be a really good episode. All right, uh, without further ado, we'll get started with the show. Enjoy. This is the Sports Needle. Let's go, All right, everybody, welcome back uh, from our break. Joining us now, we have a Seattle Mariners second-round draft pick, Texas A&M stud, hitting an impressive 355 average in the prestigious Cape Cod Wood Bat League, batting 462 in 17 games in his junior year, 2018 Rollins Big Stick Award winner, three-time SEC Freshman of the Week, District 6A Pitcher of the Year in 2017 at Hebron High School from Louisville, Texas. We've got Zach DeLoach. How are you doing today, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, Thank you for coming on our show today. Really honored. Yeah, um, big dream, man. I didn't uh, think I'd ever be in this position. Uh, yeah. But let's get started. So uh, first thing I want to know is tell me about draft day. Like, walk me through that. Yeah, man, it was, uh, you know, it was a surreal experience. I mean, definitely something that I've been looking forward to since I was younger. Um, you know, definitely a dream come true, just getting, uh, you know, drafted by the Seattle Mariners. And, you know, I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, hard work and effort and just everything that kind of went into it. And, um, you know, I was very, uh, you know, obviously very pleased to see kind of how the junior season, you know, was able to progress as I got finished with the Cape Cod League. But, you know, I think along the way there were some struggles, uh, definitely my freshman and sophomore year. And so I think uh, just being able to kind of see how far I've come since then um, yeah, has been a great accomplishment. And, uh, obviously ready to get started in the Mariners organization and bring that to the table. Yeah, man. Um, I'm really excited to see you in the Mariners organization. Uh, what was it like, you know, just hearing your name called, getting that call last, I think it was last week, really. Not much time. Yeah, 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 man. It was uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I, I really had, you know, no expectations going into the draft. Um, you know, I, I had a few things and, you know, uh, my advisors, they had called me and we kind of talked about a few possibilities that were going to happen. I mean, just because the draft is so crazy in general. But, um, you know, really, I was, you know, I was upstairs and I had a big old party over here at our house. And um, it was just it was an awesome experience. I mean, just to I was sitting there by myself upstairs and, you know, my uh, advisor called me. He said, you're a Seattle Mariner. And I was you know, doing backflips upstairs. And then, uh, you know, obviously very, very emotional. I was with my dad. So that, that was a very emotional time. And, um, but yeah, man, it, it was a, you know, very happy, um, you know, kind of how everything turned out. And like I said, man, it, it's, it's a pleasure to be a Seattle Mariner and have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like watching the draft, I saw the footage of you reacting to that. That was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love to see that. But, um, so I want to take it back here. I want to go back to uh, the T-ball days, man, back when you were a youngster, right? Um, oh, yeah. At uh, what time did you feel uh, like this could be a reality? Or you did you have this dream your whole life? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I had grown up going to Rangers games, so sorry about that. But uh, oh, okay, <laughs> I was, okay. I've you know gr- grown up going to Rangers games, and just you know from a young age, I have a couple pictures when I was you know a toddler, and you know just just growing up watching the Rangers play, man. It was uh, it was an awesome experience, and uh, just you know n- n- not having really you know a gauge into you know h- how far I could go with this, but you know I think when I started playing select ball when I was seven years old and, you know, that was pretty young at the time, but, you know, I ended up playing at a very high level, just kind of growing up through my youth years and into high school. And, um, you know, ultimately became a prospect when high school, uh, you know, kind of came around. And, and so I, I had that opportunity to go out of high school too, but, you know, I think, uh, by just everything from getting recruited pretty early on to go to college, um, you know, ended up choosing a and I went through about a year and a half recruiting process with that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it kind of came into a realization that I could, you know, potentially be a professional. I think whenever I entered, uh, you know, entered ninth grade into my, uh, you know, started my high school career. And so, um, did just, you know, obviously playing at that high level, I think, you know, since I was, you know, five or six years old, I've always wanted to play in the big league someday. So I think that's a, you know, every kid's dream and, you know, obviously played different sports growing up too. I played football, basketball, ran track and field in middle school. And so, um, you know, those are just the few of the things that kind of kept me versatile and kept me athletic and, you know, ultimately got me to where I am. Okay. Yeah. So, um, did you have any big player you idolized growing up? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you know, obviously being a Rangers fan, I really idolized uh, Josh Hamilton, you know, when he was with the Rangers and, uh, you know, he was a great, you know, just a super talent. I mean, everyone that I've talked to that has played with him said that he was just such a talented player, but, um, you know, also today, um, you know, it was definitely, uh, I would definitely say either Mike Trout or, um, you know, I think, and then a pastime guy would be a Darren Erstad, you know, just watching him play uh, back then. So I think, I think those three guys definitely have, you know, I've seen, um, you know, kind of myself and them just from a worth it, whether it be work ethic or, you know, just swing or just, you know, how they play the game, things like that. So. Yeah. You can't go wrong with uh, those guys. Yeah. Um, have you, I'm just curious, have you read beyond belief? Josh. I have, I have actually read it. Yeah, no, I've read it a couple times. Um, yeah, you know, I read it once in high school, and then I read it, uh, you know, kind of once in college. But yeah, that's a great book. I mean, he, he's done a, you know, obviously his career has just kind of been up and down from you know just all the outside stuff. But you know, I mean, he, he like I said, I mean, he, he was a great talent, and just watching him on the field, I mean, it was you know he, he was he's a work of art. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, personally, for me, that's one of the most, uh, I don't know, impactful books that I've read probably in my life yeah. so far. And yep. um, But moving on from that, I always saw on your uh, Texas A&M profile that uh, you played in Porco- uh, Puerto Rico when you were 12. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so, you know, back back when the, uh, I don't know if y'all know what the NYBC is, but it's the National mm-hmm. Youth Baseball Championships. And it was the very first year when I turned 12, it was the very first year that they had it. It was Kind of the equivalent, I guess, to Little League World Series, um, but it was for select baseball. And so it was we had to go through like a series of qualifiers to kind of get there. Um, but anyways, one of the, you know, along the way, I would say the Puerto Rico trip was kind of like a, a super regional, if you will. Like it took uh, I think there was eight teams from kind of all around the country and then I think a team from Puerto Rico. And uh, but we had to go through, you know, we had to play a, a league here in Dallas and we had to win that. It was called BBI. And then uh, th- this was all with the uh, Dallas Tigers, who I, you know, played the majority of my uh, career with. And then, um, you know, kind of growing up and then 
you know, did that. Um, they qualified to go to Farmington, New Mexico, and we had to, we, we ended up winning that. Um, and, but then we were able to go to Puerto Rico and play against, you know, a bunch of, you know, top level talent teams. And, uh, you know, that, that was definitely one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had. I mean, we had a bus, we had, you know, police escorts. I mean, they treated us like royalty there. So it was, it was an awesome experience and just, you know, all the air horns and, you know, things like that, that they had all the, you know, Puerto Rican fans. Um, I mean, it was definitely something I'll never forget. Well, I'm going to try and take it back to like, uh, Hey, draft interest of high school. Um, yeah. So can you go more in depth with like the recruiting process and how that was with uh, like Texas A&M or if you had any other choices in that, like kind of go into that more? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the recruiting process for me kind of started my freshman year of high school. Um, the fall of my freshman year, I was started. I, I wanted to stay close to home. And I think the a lot of the colleges uh, knew that. And so you know, all the Texas colleges, you know, had reached out to me at one point or another and, uh, you know, had made me offers and, um, and then, uh, you know, looking up at Oklahoma as well, uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, and then also, uh, university of Arkansas. Um, so I had, I had about eight to 10 schools I was really considering and, um, you know, for about a year and a half to two years and, you know, ended up, uh, you know, narrowing it down to three schools. And then, uh, you know, I, I just felt like A&M was the best overall fit for me as far as just the coaching, the development, the the uh, the facilities, the education. So it, everything just kind of fit that mold for me. And, um, you know, I was able just to do that. But, you know, after that was over, um, then it was like a whole nother recruiting process with the uh, with Major League Baseball. And so, hmm. you know, my senior year, um, rolled around and, you know, had a lot of in-home visits with a lot of teams where, you know, they were trying to talk me out of college. And then, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of playing like that back and forth game. You know, I was already committed to A&M and, you know, they were trying to see what it took to kind of sign me away from going to school. And, you know, it just it just didn't turn out to be. And so I think, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that were interested, but I just think I, uh, you know, I priced myself out. So it was just one of those things where, you know, I valued school um, a lot and, you know, I'm glad I, you know, went the route I did. I wouldn't have met all the people, um, you know, along the way that's helped me to, you know, help me uh, through my successes and my failures. For sure. Um, going on to like um, your college experience, how do you think um, your coaching and your teammates got you prepared for their draft day and what else uh, do you take away from them? Uh, my coaches and my teammates. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I think overall, just you know, I think there were certain things that you know I need to work on. You know, for just individually, for from a working out standpoint, also a hitting standpoint. Um, but you know, I think the coaches were really, um, you know, really invested. They really invested their time into me and all the all the guys around me. You know, we we always picked each other up and we always did things together that made us you know, one unit. And so I think that's what was really special about, you know, especially at A&M, you know, we, we were able to really come together and have that camaraderie where, you know, whatever happens, happens, and, you know, we're going to have each other's backs. And so I think from a working out standpoint, you know, we have a, a weightlifting coach who got me in the best shape of my life to, you know, play that season. And so, or all the seasons really. And, um, but yeah, no, they, they all do a great job. The hitting coach, especially coach Kaye, he, he's done a, a fantastic job with just all of us, you know, individually just trying to make us better. And so I think uh, j just uh, as a combination of, you know, our team and our program, I think we have invested a lot of time together and uh, I think the success is starting to pay off for our program. Definitely. Well, going like 
uh, into your freshman, sophomore year into the Cape Cod and then junior mm-hmm. year, what, what was the biggest adjustment you made like physically and mentally that really helped you change your game, like just improve in general? Yeah, so uh, sophomore year, um, you know, obviously wasn't the best year. I hit, you know, I think right above the Mendoza line at 200. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, didn't, you know, that didn't have a good taste in my mouth coming out of that. And, you know, I think there were definitely some adjustments made going into the Cape and obviously while I was in the Cape. Um, but that, that, that hitting coach, Brett Becker, he was the one that really turned me around and he was able to help me make those mechanical changes. And, uh, but really the, the only, I mean, the only things that, you know, were, that were changed was going from a leg kick to a toe tap and then also just kind of calming everything down with my hands and trying to keep everything still, just trying to take the bat more directly to the ball. And, um, you know, I've always had really good uh, discipline at the plate. So, you know, my walk to strikeout is very high um, in the sense that, you know, I have more walks to strikeouts and then also uh, just, you know, being able to see the ball. I think I've been able to lay off some really tough pitches uh, at times and, you know, that's really helped me a lot, especially getting into hitters counts. And so, you know, ha- having that already kind of, est- kind of established, um, you know, the only thing I really needed was, was some consistency. And so having that consistency with that toe tap and, um, you know, being able to, I guess, being able to get more connected and into my swing and more rooted into my swing and having that same swing consistently definitely gave me the success in the Cape. And then, you know, fast forward to the spring, you know, I, I basically carried everything over, you know, talked with coach Kai about a few things. And then I think the biggest adjustment there was going from wood to metal. You know, some people believe that, you know, the it's, you know, it could be, you know, harder to swing a wood than a metal or vice versa. But, you know, for me, I really enjoy wood bat, as you guys can tell just from, you know, what I did in the Northwoods and also what I did in the Cape. Um, but, you know, I, I think the hardest part was being able to make that adjustment, you know, especially for the spring. But I was able to do it and obviously put up the numbers that I wanted to. But, you know, along the way, there was a lot of, you know, tweaks here and there. You know, it's a game of adjustment. So I was always on the fly and. Uh, making adjustments but you know they were for the right reasons and uh you know ended up paying out for me yeah and that um you fit in perfectly with the uh kind of mantra concept that the mayors are trying to preach right now with scott service Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've been following them the past two three years right when they came in management was saying control the zone newspaper Mm -hmm. here was uh, talking about how much you embody that and uh, that's why they're really excited to get you Mm -hmm. how do you see um yeah going in like how do you see yourself fitting into the Mariners organization I don't know if you know the plan going forward exactly at this time yeah yeah I mean uh it's everything's kind of still up in the air at this time but um yeah no like you said I mean I I definitely uh preach everything you know I've talked to a few of the scouts and you know they've kind of asked me the same questions you know what what do you like what's your philosophy hitting wise and you know I would tell them and they you know, definitely, you know, would say back to me, you know, that's everything we believe. So I, I definitely got a good feeling from them uh, kind of going into the draft whenever, you know, they said that, and, you know, I definitely think that, you know, that mold is there already and I'm just going to continue to develop it with their, uh, with their hitting coordinators and their hitting coaches and, you know, really all the other coaches too. But, um, but yeah, no, the, the philosophy that I have is, you know, something that I think they believe in and that's, you know, really positive to hear. Yeah. So with that, um, how is the, season cancellation kind of changed your uh, development uh, with like have the Mariners already given you stuff to work on or you're kind of on your own for now like uh, uh, yeah I, th- I think I think once we all sign kind of sign our contracts um, which I don't know when that's going to be but 
uh, once we all kind of sign, then we will probably end up getting some sort of workout routine. I think as of right now, I'm just sticking to what I've been doing for the past, you know, three to four months. And I'm uh, just going to keep doing that and, you know, obviously keep working out and hitting and throwing. So uh, until that time comes to play some baseball. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, so um, knowing the Mariners have a pretty strong farm system now, what do you think uh... – like yourself, how do you separate yourself from your peers? Well, I think I think I think any good player would tell you that it's not the physical, you know, it's not from a physical standpoint. It's all about your mental state and how you're able to handle adversity. And so, uh, you know, like I said before, you know, the being able to go through my sophomore year the way it did, and then being able to come out on top in the Cape, and you know, this spring, I think, you know, I've able, I was able to kind of overcome that and being able to work on certain things that may may have been uncomfortable, but you know, made it comfortable over time. But you know, that's uh. Um, that that's something that you know I plan to do is just having that strong mental state, having that confidence to go in there and just you know believe in myself and believe in the coaches that are training me. Sounds good, man. Um, I like the mindset. I'm excited for uh, see you out here. I'm hoping to. Uh, I don't know if, how minor leagues are going to go, but if you're in Everett, I'll definitely yeah. be down there to <laughs> support right. you. Um, I just want to real quick transition to more of a personal life about you. Just let Seattle mm-hmm. fans get to know more about you. Have you ever been to Seattle? Yeah. I have never been to Seattle. Okay. What do you know about it? Do you know anything? Uh, I know about the needle. I know about the twelfth uh, man, especially since uh, you know the <laughs> Texas A and M Aggies are big, big twelfth man people. Uh, you know where we're all about the twelfth man and during yeah. football games and really all sports. But uh, yeah, no, I, I do know about the twelfth man, and um, you know, I think there's a few. I know y'all, are, you know, big time uh, boating city. I know there's a big time, you know, harbor and lots of boats out there. Um, you know, I've, I know there's a lot of piney woods too, which, you know, I'm used to being here in Texas and, uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's beautiful weather there in the summer and it gets really cold there in the wintertime, but other than that, that's, that's about all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, for I mean, you, I'm um, assuming, I'm assuming, I'm assuming really good seafood as well. Yeah. You got to check out the seafood pike place market, oh, yeah. you know, all those places. Salmon's amazing. I don't know if you like fish, but, okay. uh, but, but um, uh, do you have any other hobbies that you do just to pass the time competitive in? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I actually recently just picked up, you know, a couple things, but I've been playing. My, so my girlfriend, she goes and plays uh, volleyball at Tech, and she's actually been doing uh, some sand volleyball. And so I've been kind of, you know, just messing around, you know, playing a few games here and there with her. And, uh, you know, as well as I, I do some disc golf every now and then, just whenever I'm super bored. And then uh, also skeet shooting is something that we do down mm-hmm. here in Texas. And, you know, I've been able to kind of get out and do that so i've been really uh re- that's been kind of occupying my time for the yeah. most part but you know that's uh you know that's that's what i like to do uh when you're doing that do you keep your competitive edge or is it more like loose and relaxed oh man i am well it depends if i'm with people then it gets a little competitive obviously yeah. with my dad and my brothers you know the people that usually go with me to skeet shoot and we get a little competitive there but uh yeah, for for the most part, I mean, you know, for sand volleyball, you know, I'm trying to get to the point where I can, you know, go play tournaments, you know, with my girlfriend and Ooh, uh, be cool. you know, having to yeah, so I'm I'm trying to get to that point, but you know, it's going to obviously take some time and a lot of practice. So, but it's a good, you know, it's a good workout. It's good for the legs and obviously, you know, jumping and staying athletic and so I've always been a big proponent in that, especially, you know, being a professional now and uh, but yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, you know, ha- having the ability to kind of do those things has definitely kept my mind off of, you know, what's been going on, you know, with all this coronavirus stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I like to do. And yeah, it, it does get a little competitive, though. <laughs> there, there are times to relax, but uh, very few and far between. Yeah, it keeps it fun, keeps it uh, love the mentality. Mm-hmm. 
anything else you want to add personally about you just to share with fans? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, like I said before, I'm really excited. You know, I think, uh, you know, I love dogs. Um, that's another thing I will say is that I love, uh, you know, I think I'm might be getting a, a puppy here pretty soon. We'll Ooh, see. Nice. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, Bernese mountain dog. So, um, that's a dog that I've been, you know, wanting to get for some time. So we'll see about that. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I've been, I was born and raised in Texas. Um, you know, I've been playing baseball pretty much my whole life and um, can't wait to get started in the Seattle Mariners organization. All right. The last question I got for you is um, Mariners fans, I don't, you know, the history. We, um, mm-hmm. I think we haven't been to playoffs in my lifetime since 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to pessimistic Mariners fans? Because I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, the young talent that, you know, the Mariners are drafting, that they're signing, I can tell you right now that, um, you know, you, you should be very uh, excited for the future. I know the future of this organization is going to go do uh, great things. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to leave a mark on Seattle Mariners history. Um, that's kind of my, from, from where I stand, I think the the guys that they're drafting are very good people, not not only great players, but really good people. And, um, you know, we, we, we all want the same goal. We want to go win that world championship. And I think that's going to happen, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. Love to hear it, man. Love the worth ethic. I'm really excited. Uh, hope to see you in the big league someday in the outfield. Oh, yeah. Cheering you on, you know, get that uh, loud right. Daniel ovation. <laughs> um, we'll close yep, that up. Uh, let's close out the segment. Just want to say thank you again, uh, Mr. Zach Deloche, for being on our show and taking the time today. Really appreciate it. Really excited for the Mariners' future. And um, go M's, man. Yeah, go M's. Here we go. All right, everybody. We'll be back after a short break for the game show. All right, everybody. Welcome back from our break. And join us now for our quiz show episode number two. We've got Alex Volke, tennis stud, two-time varsity letter player. Um, I think he played second singles against Mount Rainier once. And, um, yeah, how are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? All right, pretty good. Glad to have you on the show. We got a tough act to follow up with Isaiah McLean from Nevada. Just to remind you how the game show works, you get, um, what is it? If you get, man, I forgot, six. If you get six questions right, six points, you will get a shout out on our Instagram account. If you get eight right, you'll get some hoodie merch, man. We will sign that to you, ship it out to you, get you the five-star treatment of the podcast. How do you feel about that, Alex? Yeah, that sounds great. I so, <laughs> um, you heard how it goes, man. Um, first seven, no, first eight questions are one point multiple choice. Then we'll go into a nine, a question nine, which is a four point with one hint, no multiple choice. Last question is a double or nothing. So um, let's get into it. Welcome to the game show. Drew, hit me with the first question for Alex. All right, question number one: What year did the Seahawks win their first Super Bowl? A, 2014, B, 2015, C, 20, uh, 2012, and D, 2017. Well, uh, I got to think, I can, man. I can repeat the answers or the yeah. question again. Okay, so 2014 is A, 2015 is B, 2012 C, 2017 is D. Um... I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit it with the 2014. Damn, that's correct. 2014 oh. Super Bowl 48, I think. Right? Yeah. Hold on. That's kind of so- sus, man. I, I don't know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Here's my thinking behind it, because I remember in seventh grade doing the bettings okay. on who's going to win the Super Bowl. It was crazy. <laughs> it was going through my us. head. That was, that, that was underground. We don't talk oh, about I think I won that, by the way, to everyone listening. <laughs> okay, question number two. You got, how many regular season titles did the Seattle Metropolitans win? And they found it 1915. Uh, 1924 is when they folded. So, question or er, number one, zero, two, one, three, three titles, and D is five. Huh? I'm gonna have to go with my gut here, and I'm gonna say zero. You know, the Metropolitans oh. are garbage. Damn. Damn. Well, that's wrong. It was five titles they won. <laughs> They won five oh. regular season titles, man. And they won five. the 1917 uh, Stanley Cup, so. so um, too far, man. Hockey fan kind of <laughs> sucking at the hockey trivia questions. Man. Hey, man, it's too long ago, dude. Give me some recent questions. Okay, I got you uh, right here. We got, uh, um, which Husky quarterback, when they played Alabama in the college football playoffs in 2016, led, um, or yeah, who was the quarterback when they played Alabama? <laughs> Um, we got A, Jake Locker. We got B, Jake Browning. We got C, Jake Ub Eason. And we got D, Marcus Tuisosopo. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not really too much into football. Can you, can you name me off uh, the answers one more time, please? Yeah, so basically the first three are Jake's. And um, we got Locker, Jake Browning, and Jacob Eason. And then we got Marcus Tuisosopo. Yeah, how about we go with, uh... Mr. Brownie. Whoa. Oh, no, 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 no. Wow. This, guy, this guy's playing me. There's no way he knew that. No way. Serious? Yeah. <laughs> Jake is, I'm, Browning. I'm guessing. He's two for three so far. He's closing in on the Isaiah record of five for six. Yeah. Let's turn it off. We'll see if he chokes again like Isaiah. Um, <laughs> we are done with our Seattle general sports questions because you're from Seattle, you know? We got to give you some of, of those. Of course, of but course. We're going into your specialty, tennis. <laughs> and um <laughs> you, you know you know if, if we had um if anybody watched our instagram story on the insta last year uh last few weeks i did a post uh, talking about the french open they were replaying uh they were showing on tennis channel the only player other than the big three the big three of course are roger Federer, rafael nadal and novak djokovic only player beside the big three to win the french open since 2005 when nadal started his um, reign over the French Open. So, which player is it? We have Dominic Team, the goat, the legend, up and coming <laughs> man who um, Alex hates for some reason. I don't, I don't get this terrible player, garbage. Um, I'm just saying, man. Team, I, for everyone out there, if you don't know who Team is, look at this guy up. He's a stud from Austria. Um, he's played in like a, he was in the French Open finals last year. He was in the Australian Open finals. He almost beat Novak Djokovic on Novak's home court. I mean, not home court, but like he masters. He's mastered the Australian Open. So like this guy's a stud. Okay, so yeah, he's option one. Then we got Andy Murray, the former Big Four when we had the Big Four. Then we got Fernando Verdasco, a legend too. And D, we've got the fellow Swiss man Stan Wawrinka. B Murray, Murray, <laughs> Andy Murray. Yeah, final answer, man. Yeah, eh, never mind. Whoa, 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 whoa! Why are you not confident? Um, I don't know, man. Just I haven't seen him play. Like it's been too long, man. 
I'm, can I switch up my answer? I guess I, you didn't lock. I think lock I think I'm gonna go. I'm thinking I'm gonna go with Dominic Team. You think? Okay. Final um, answer. Alex thinks Dominic Team has won a um French Open title. And oh wait, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, you're right. He hasn't won any. Not realizing. <laughs> not looking back. <laughs> no, he's definitely won. <laughs> you nah. This guy. This guy's switching up his answer. This... I'm wrong. I said. I said team. I know. Team. I I said final answer. I said final answer. Final answer team. Well, eh, oh, final funny. answer. Final answer. Um, Andy. Andy Murray. Big Big A. Big A. That is wrong, man. Andy oh, Murray my. never won oh, a French no. Open to date. Seriously? And um, Dominic Team has not won a French Open yet. I think he's yeah, been in the no. last two finals, but he has lost both to yeah. um, you know the goat, um, Rafa. The legend. Okay. So um yeah, the correct answer was actually Stan the Man Rinka, who um he beat Novak Djokovic in the year that um Rafa lost in the fourth round. This is All rough, right, man. Question number five: What Open does Roger Federer have the most championships at? A. Wimbledon. B. French Open. C. Australian Open. And D. U.S. Open. And just for you to know, Alex, you know, Roger the GOAT, he has 20 Grand Slam wins, the most of all time currently. I know. So, um, but... Big man. Where do you pop man. off the most? I, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go with the U.S. Open, the final answer. Ooh. <laughs> Tough uh, luck, man. Uh, hey, this is rough, dude. It is Wimbledon, man. Roger is the grass court specialist. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> recap here. Um, Alex is two for uh, five. Um, he's on pace for not doing too good. Uh, <laughs> hey, you don't know. Still, you still you hope, don't know though. the comeback. There's you don't comeback, understand man. the comeback. It might be like the Texans blowing their lead against the Chiefs. I am still sad about that too. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that hurts. Um, yeah, moment of silence for the Texans last year. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> last tennis question here. We're going back to the French Open. We got Rafael Nadal. Everyone knows he's the French Open GOAT. Um, he's dominated it. Um, I think he has like 12 wins. Um, our question here, though, is how many times has he lost? Oh. So, option, we'll tell you. He's won 91 times, which is pretty spectacular. Um, how many times has he lost, though? A, 2, B, 3, C, 5, or D, 7? What was B again? Sorry. We got two, three, five, or seven. I'm going to go with three. Final answer. Final answer. Incorrect. Oh, um, my Rafael God. Nadal has only lost twice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> once to Djokovic oh, my and goodness. once to Robin Schroederling, which was way back. Well, he's a scrub. Oh no, dude! It's so, doomed. It's um two for six, Alex. You still got hope because um let me tell you something. Tell me. You only need six for the shout out. I don't know what are you going for. You want the shout out or you want the hoodie? Both. You want something. You want you something, want right? You're two for um six. We have a four point question coming up at the end, and then we have a double or nothing. So um let's see what you do with NHL. Drew hit him with it. Alright, what happens if an NHL team needs an emergency goalie? A. Emergency backup list of area goalies or fans. B. The coach fills in. C. The team forfeits. 
or D, some other roster player fills in. What was A again? Uh, emergency backup list of like the area goalies or, or fans. fans. Um, <laughs> I've seen the coach play sometimes. You know, actually goes. Home. I, I I'm pretty sure it's not B. My only decisions here are A or D. I'll be hundred percent honest with you. Alright, alright. Um, TikTok man, time's ticking. This is I'm gonna, a fast-paced I'm gonna, game show. I'm gonna go with A. Final answer. Yeah. Ooh, this man's confident. And Damn. guess what, Drew? Ding! You're correct. Oh, let's go. There was thank a 41 year old assistant coach or like helper or something who helped out the team. He had to fill in. They got the win, actually. Yeah, the um, I think I believe it was the Buffalo Sabers. I could be wrong. It was their one of their management players. Oh, dang man, that's impressive that's that you got that. Nice and impressive that this guy did it. Um, so we're three for seven. The comeback hey. is real. Maybe you won't try. Comeback's coming. Maybe. Um, shoot, I thought I thought Zach Deloach just popped back in. That would have been funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, but um, question eight. I'll hit you with it. Tampa Bay, remember them? A couple of years ago? Of course. Of they um, course. tied the NHL record for most wins, right? Yes, sir. They tied it, though. Who was the other team? Oh. Boston Bruins? <laughs> <laughs> Detroit Red Wings? Montreal Canadiens? Or Philadelphia Flyers? If Isaiah's listening here, he'll remember the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he might have flashbacks. Oh, no. Haunting him. Oh, no. Um, I think I'm going to take out option D. Um, okay. The Red Wings were very hot. Right now, they're the garbage. Red Wings are option two, uh, two, option B. The Red Wings are pretty fire. You going with that? Before. I'm going to go with the Red Wings. Final answer. Wow. Drum roll. You're on a roll. Yeah, Let's it was a pop-up, man. They tied it. The next closest, Let's... I think, was the Canadians with 60 and the Philadelphia Flyers with 59. This was a tough one, man, and you Let's popped go. it. Let's so, go. Um, Thank you so was that, much. Is that three or is that four? Four. I think that's four, no? One, two. Yeah, that's four. Yeah, that's four. You got the U-dub question, man. I'm shocked. <laughs> I don't know I, how he got it. <laughs> one to fourth chance, baby. All right. So, um, you know, you got four points right now, right? Yes, sir. And we're going to the four-point question. Okay. And if you get this right, you've got the hoodie and the shout-out. Oh, my goodness. It's a lot of pressure on You don't on even you, need the double or nothing, man. If you don't, you're going to need it if you want something. This is this is a lot of pressure. We'll give you one hint. I don't know how good the okay. hint will be because um, our hockey expert Nathaniel is camping right now, so um, me and Drew yes. might have some crappy hints. But um, you ready for the question? Yes, sir. Hit me with it. Um, before we always gotta give our fans the option if they want to give up because it's too stressful or too anxiety inducing, <laughs> you can just walk okay. away right now with nothing, okay. with uh, okay. your sanity. You know. Um, yes, sir. Uh, do you want to do that, Alex? No, I need to keep going. Okay, this guy is daring. I repeat, daring, man. Um, only goalie with 600 career wins. No options. Hit me with the name. Or ask for a hint. Uh, yeah, I'd like that hint, please. Um, hey, Drew, can you look up what this guy, what team he played for? <laughs> sure. I, um, in the intermission here, I'm going to take a sip of, uh, my body armor. We're not sponsored by them. I want to make that clear, but, uh, I rep it. They're really good. So, um, yeah. Can you, sure can you hit me with the, can you hit me with the, can you hit me with the best flavor, Connor, right now? I'm drinking the orange mango. I like the Ooh. black raspberry, I think it's called, maybe. 
Um, okay. Can't go he wrong. He played... This is the answer here. Or not the answer, Japan. He played for the New Jersey Devils for, for most of his career. Like, all of his career, pretty much. <sighs> yeah. Um... I'll be honest, man. Uh, hey, Alex, I'm going to tell you something here. It's not Mark andre Fleury, the GOAT for <laughs> Vegas. Um, he's actually kind of close, though. I could tell. I could he, tell. He's top five. I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I really don't know New Jersey, the New Jersey Devil goalies or even half their players, to be honest with you. Alex, we'll tell you uh, something else, man, just because I'm being generous. Um, the number two on the list was actually a Colorado Avalanche player. Roy? Yeah. Mr. Patrick Roy? Mr. Patrick Roy. But that's not yeah. our question. Hit us with number one, man. Unfortunately, I I truly gauge with number one. I have nothing on my mind. The only thing that comes to mind is Carey Price, but I already know he plays for the Montreal Canadiens, and yeah, he's not even he on the sucks top as much as how good he is. So. <laughs> this guy has 691 wins, way more than our guy Patrick Roy. He has 141 more, or 140 more wins. Then Patrick Roy. Hit me with something, man. Your time's ticking. Drew, hit me with a countdown. This guy's got a hair. Though. I'll be honest. I, I've got nothing. <sighs> I'm just, yeah, hit me I'm something. Just go with, with the three. With the goat, Carey Price. <laughs> um, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah we need to talk about it. Carey Price is 23rd overall with 348 wins. Our answer was Martin Brodeur. Oh. Um, this guy started, uh, what was it? He played in 2001, Hockey Hall of Fame in 2018. I'm kind of disappointed, actually, man. It's kind of rough. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay, though, because um, we're going into our double or nothing question. This is when it really counts. You have four points. If you want to play double or nothing, you can double your points to eight and get the merch. Do you want to risk it all? Peace. Can you tell me what, uh... Putting all my point, what my points mean for me? Yeah, so um, if you put your points at risk, you could double it and get eight, get the hoodie, get the shout out, which will be pretty cool, right? Our merch is rocking. We've got our top designer Noah Wrighton from Covetown, Washington, working on them right now. Um, you should check out his stuff. We'll promote him later because I don't remember his Instagram account, but he does awesome artwork stuff. He does local business stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you do not go for double nothing, you will be put on the leaderboards. For, um, we're doing a 12-season quiz show for uh, to start off the podcast. So whoever has the top score over these 12 episodes will get a prize. We don't know what it is yet. We're still figuring it out. But it's going to be top-notch. And top currently, notch. Isaiah sits at zero because he did the double or nothing. So like you could take usual. first place right now. Or you could get the hoodie I merch. Could. And you could secure your place as one of the best all-time on the podcast. That's true. Okay. We'll give you your topic. Or no, we won't. No, we won't. You don't want I, I'm going to go with the double or nothing. Cool, because the topic <laughs> is baseball, man. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Drew, hit him with it. Okay. So the double or nothing question is, who is the last pitcher in the MLB to throw a perfect game? You get three hints slash guesses, yeah, three man. hints. Slash guesses. So if I use one hint, that counts as one guess? Yeah, so you get three total combined. Okay, I'll use I'll use a hint. Let me get a hint. Okay. Um you gotta ask a question and we'll tell you yes or no. Or yeah. Um It's it's only yes or no? Yeah. That's what we did for Isaiah, so we gotta keep it fair. 
did they play for the Blue Jays? Dang, that's a really narrow question, man. Drew, did they play for the Blue Jays? <laughs> no, they did not. That's rough. You gotta get some wider Alex, since you are, um, we gave Isaiah a wrestling question and you do not know baseball, we'll give you three hints and, or three questions and three guesses. Make it a little more fair. The only yeah. problem is I don't even know it's a question because I know nothing about baseball. <laughs> you can um, look. How about I have some hints teams. for him too. Okay. Give me, give me, can, can you throw some hints my way? Okay. So, one hint is that it's for a team on the West Coast. Alright. Okay. Another hint. He's played for one franchise his whole career so far. Yep. There you go. That's a good one. Not counting okay. this year. Yeah, that's all the hints you're getting, man. You gotta ask some questions now. You got two more questions. Okay. Um. Did they play for the Seattle Mariners? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Then narrow it down at all for you. Well, I mean, no, not really. I know two. I know two players. The goat, Adrian Beltre. He, he was not pitcher. a pitcher. He, he, he's not a pitcher. You don't need to know that. He pitched. He's he pitched. No, I yeah, already he did. Know, I, he I already did. know he's not a pitcher, but he's goaded. I'm just saying he's goaded. And Hernandez. All right, so Alex, we've given you a lot of hints. We spelled it out for you. Um, we will. <laughs> I don't know baseball, man. Alex, we will tell you the top five Mariners pitchers of all time. Okay, 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 okay. We're like being really nice to you. Um, <laughs> it's just what. It, it's rough, man. Okay, so top five. We'll give you top five. Okay. You ready, Alex? Okay. We've got the chief. Yeah, I'm ready. Freddie Garcia. He um, we'll give he uh, what's he here? Placed third in the side of Young voting in 20, 2001. Came in second to Carlos Beltran for 1999 AL Rookie of the Year. Um, then we have Mark Langston. He uh, was the anchor of the rotation for a while. And he uh, was picked in the second round in 1981. We got Jamie Moyer. The legend everyone knows about Jamie Moyer. He could manipulate batters into doing exactly what he wanted. Credit to Bleacher Report because I'm quoting them here, right? And um, he pitched deep into his 40s. Um, he was able to have really slow balls, but still mix it up. Then we got, you know, Felix Hernandez. Um, he won a Cy Young Award. Um, people would say he deserved another one. And he's a really good pitcher, you know. He's, he was a legend. Still playing. Still, still playing. playing. Uh, and then we got big unit, Randy Johnson, uh, rated number one by Bleacher Report. He threw... Um, a no-hitter, he won a Cy Young before going over to the D-backs, recently elected in the Hall of Fame, struck out 116 people, and had a 1.28 ERA um, when he pitched for Houston Astros for 11 games. That's a fun fact. Um, yeah, he was one of the best to do it. Arguably the best pitcher of the modern era um, in the Mariners' uh, history. So, okay. yeah, let me run down the names for you one more time. Freddie Garcia, Mark Langston, Jamie Moyer, Felix Hernandez, or Randy Johnson. When you're, you're not getting anything else, man. I, I'm i going to go with my gut, what I said beforehand. The big F, Felix man, Hernandez, final answer. You sure? You really sure about this, man? Like, consider the weight of your answer. Yeah, right? like, you could lose everything. Everything. Gone. 
Yeah, I'm going with it. I said it before you read off that question, so... Or the answers. Alex, man, I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, no. Um, you are right. Wait, really? Let's... Are you serious? MLB per game was Felix Hernandez in 2012 against the Oakland... No, it was Tampa Bay Rays. <gasps> yeah, Tampa you're Bay kidding. Rays. You're actually kidding. Zero. You're kidding. No. We're going to have a soundbite right here. Soundbite with cheers, man. Um, Alex Volke. Tennis legend from Kent Lake High School is our first hoodie merch winner and shout out. Oh winner. my god. Um Isaiah, if you're listening, you just got worked, man. This man <laughs> just came in here and worked on. you. Got worked by the best guesser on the planet, dude. Oh my goodness. Hey, thank you guys for having me so much. This is so much fun. Alex Mulkey, top of the leaderboards. We'll see who we'll get next week. Um, actually, we're going to have a poll on our Instagram, so slide up if you want to get on, because, um, we don't have any guests scheduled right now. Uh, anything else you want to say? I, I, uh, Alex, man. Anything else you want to oh, say? We're a little rough. over time. Um, hey, I just want to say thanks for having me. I keep it short and sweet. Appreciate you guys running a great podcast here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Oh, uh, thank you, mean something more interesting than that. Hot Alex Zverev. Alex Zverev is one million percent better than Dominic Team. Yeah, we're kicking him. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for uh, listening to the game show. <laughs> and, um, um, yeah, we gave Alex a little extra help here. Um, that's how we're going to... We'll, we'll tighten it up after our first season of 12 episodes. We'll be a little stricter on the podcast game show. We'll be, you know, not going to give him that many hints, but got to give it to the guy for the support, you know? And um, I kind of feel like taking it all away because he said that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And we gave Alex too much help. But he'll he'll be uh he'll be up there, and um yeah we're gonna cut out the game show we're a little over time actually and we'll be right back with our general sports segment. All right everybody welcome back hope you enjoyed the game show hope you enjoyed our special guest highlight of the podcast but we are a sports podcast and we're gonna talk about sports news. First thing we're gonna get into today is the Mariners draft. Obviously you just heard Zach Deloach, but there are a bunch of other players who were drafted as well top guys so we want to talk about that. Oh, let's get into it. Drew, tell me, who was the first pick of the Mariners? Mariners' first-round pick, Emerson Hancock, right-handed pitcher out of Georgia, drafted sixth overall. So, um, really good pick here. They were really um, almost lucked into Austin Martin from Vanderbilt, and they had a pick between Nick Gonzalez and Emerson Hancock, which... Uh, I think they made the right choice. Pitching is what we need, so really good. Yeah, like they say, we can never have too many pitchers. I'm really excited by the depth. I know people in Mariners um post on Instagram or on the local Mariners, you know, fan pages like Mariners Center, Mariners Source, all those guys. <clears throat> a lot of people are being really negative. They're saying like we're gonna trade our farm system, the Yankees, and all that stuff. I'm like, I get it, right? It's happened in the past, but that's over exaggerated, man. <laughs> like, listen, we've got Logan Gilbert, we've got um. Kirby, uh, what's his name? Kirby, you know who I'm talking about. We just drafted yeah, him. George yeah, Kirby. Kirby. I th- yeah, George yeah, Kirby. Yeah, George I think. Kirby. <clears throat> Those guys are studs. We've got Marco Gonzalez. We've got um, Justin Dunn. We've got Justice Julio. Sheffield. Um, I mean, like, just from a pitching prospect standpoint, right? Yeah, we've got yeah, these guys. Yeah. They're coming up. We're going to rake the league with the pitchers, man. You can never have too many pitchers. Um, and I'm excited about Emerson Hancock. I'm surprised he fell this low. I know there were some questions about his... Um, Recent performance this year, like, uh, I don't know if you saw, he gave up, like, seven runs to a team one time. Yeah. But 
he proceeded to pitch like 20 shutout innings, shutout innings after that. So I think he's shown over the course of his career that he's a, a guy. He's a hard worker. He's going to show yeah. up. He had a little bit of diversity when he played his freshman year. He didn't do that, that good, but he bounced back. His ERA, I think, was in the sub sub twos, man. Um, yeah. Anything else uh, you think about him? I don't know. He has uh, the body of a starting pitcher that you would want in the modern era. So he averages like mid to high eight or high nines. So should be really good. Hopefully, yeah. um, he'll develop real well. He was supposed to be number one draft pick until Torkelson came out with a stud um, from ASU. But yeah. Beast. I'm excited about this guy. I think we got lucked out, and um, we'll see where it goes. Next, I mean, we already talked about Zach Delos. You already heard all about him. We're excited about him. Guys developed like crazy over the past year. Um, he controls the zone. Listen to you. Listen to the radio. You listen to our um interview, man. What else got to be said? The guy's got the work ethic. He's gonna pop off the mirrors. We've got a plethora of outfielders here. Like, how many outfielders do we have, Drew? Um, let's see one. Like, I mean, we got Julio, who's a stud. We got Kalenic coming up. We got up. a lot of outfielders, like K-Lu. 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 Shout out to K-Lu when we saw him at South Center a couple years ago. Yeah, we have a lot of outfielders, which is going to be weird. Uh, maybe trade pieces in the future. We don't know. Yeah, but, like, that's that's a great addition. He controls his own. He fits the philosophy. And he's a hard worker. We yeah. want hardworking ethic guys that we want to rep on the Mariners and um, can't say enough about him. Uh, who was our third-round pick? Our third, uh, well, first we got our comp and, uh, compensation pick, which was Connor Phillips from McLennan Community College, another Juco arm. So, yeah. uh, right, yeah, right-handed pitcher, uh, like low to mid nineties, and pretty young guy. I think he's in his like, night. Is he a twenty or pretty young, like nineteen or twenty? But uh, yeah, it's. Cool to see community college arms kind of go a lot in this draft. There are quite a few, so really cool. Yeah, he was going to go to LSU, but he decided to be a draft eligible. This guy's um got speed, man. He's had a fastball that attaches 98, working on his off-speed pitches. Um, They're comparing him to Trevor Bauer from the Indians, so I think he's with the Indians still. So yeah. that guy's been pretty good over the... He's been solid. Oh, I mean, I know he's on the Reds now. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so we're excited about that. Um... Third round pick, we got Cam Pop uh, Polkovic from Oklahoma State. He's a second, third baseman. Switch hitter. He hit 305 in the Cape Cod League. So another Cape Cod League standout. Um, what is it? He played second and third base. We needed, we needed some depth at second and third base coming up. I mean, we got Shed Long, but like we want some depth back there, right? Yeah. He also played some do. outfield, so that could be interesting. Um, what do you think? Any, any, any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, solid pick here. I mean, it's kind of classic kind of DePoto pick at this point, I'd say. Just, just very solid hitter, second baseman, or middle infielder. Kind of we've always been looking at. DePoto's been focusing on a lot, so should be really good. And then uh, fourth round, we got Tyler Keenan. This is our power pick of the draft. This guy is 246-4 tall. Um, he's 21. Big man, he hits. He slashed 403 with um the Rebels last year and at Mississippi. Only 51 strikeouts, so we like to see that. We, we've we been through our share of strikeout-prone players, you know? Um, yeah, definitely have. And uh, where's he play? He plays third, second. We need a, we need a guy to follow in Seager's footsteps eventually, so I like it. Yes, yeah, pretty solid. I mean, the Ole Miss has a reputation for having very strong guys, so hopefully it'll turn out to be a probably a better, more athletic version of Vogelbach, so yeah, yeah. never know. Yeah, I like, I like that. 
Taylor Dollard was our fifth round pick. He's um he's a tall guy, six three. He's one hundred ninety five though. So um he's from Cal Poly, right handed pitcher, another pitcher. Gotta love our pitching depth. Uh, throw back to the Mariners old days when we were barely winning with um one zero wins, kind of. But <laughs> hey, we got the offense now. We got the hitters to do it too. This guy had a one point five eight ERA in the Cape Cod League. That's outstanding, especially with guys like Zach Deloach and uh. Kaden Polkovic playing in there, hitting their numbers. They Mariners like him as a starter. He uh, he was he had five saves and eleven relief appearances, but they like him as a starter. Um, ninety three fastball, so we'll see how that works. Um, three solid off speed pitches, so I see him as more like a middle rotation guy. What do you think? Yeah, um, kind of lower on the velocity side of the spectrum. So hopefully we'll be able to locate, develop his fastball a little bit more, but. Yeah, it should be a really start, like really good back end, like four or five, maybe. So, yeah, moving on. Um, Sounders, man. Um, Sounders are coming back, but uh, Harry Ship just retired. Yeah. So, um, we'll see how they shore that up. I mean, uh, he's a pretty solid player, but not much to say about that. Great guy, 17 year career uh, in the MLS. Sad to see him go. I'm looking forward to uh, soccer coming back. Seeing this playoff, uh, I'm kind of more excited about it now that they confirmed the Concacaf League spot, so I can rep it a little bit more. <laughs> um, there's something at stake. I mean, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully MLS will prove me wrong with some top-notch competition. Maybe. And um, with all these other sports issues right now, um, it might be the only thing we have to watch. So we'll see. Any thoughts on that? Uh, well, just soccer in general in a lot of places open back up, so maybe that'll be like the first sport we get to really see with live, like some fans like New Zealand, uh, I think New Zealand, I don't remember, I mean, they start opening up with just full fans and everything, so be exciting for those fans, so yeah, good times. And uh, MLS might be able to grow their um, fan base, so that'll be cool to see. Um, But moving on, we're going over to the Seahawks. Recently... Uh, there was an article slamming Pete Carroll for um, talking about how he was uh, supportive of Kaepernick, right? And um, we don't want to get too political on this podcast because we're um, sports and, uh, you know, we love sports because it's a way to get away from all the um, problems like with coronavirus and all that stuff just to relax. But um, we got to talk about this. They were slamming Cap, uh, Pete Carroll for not signing Cap. And um, my take on it is that the Seahawks really didn't need a quarterback. Like, I think they did enough just by bringing him in, trying to give him a start in the league to show interest that other teams refused to do, and actually bringing him in. I don't see why they would sign him at all. It just doesn't make sense. The kind of salary he would command, and um, it just, with Russell Wilson, right, he's only missed one game in the past, I don't know how many years. He's just so durable. There's no need for a top-line quality player, right? Um, if you want to talk about like how the Seahawks uh said that they wanted him to say that he wouldn't kneel, that's another story. Um, I'm not gonna get into that, but I don't. I think they're a little harsh on Pete Carroll. Yeah, uh, Pete Carroll's kind of always known to take on guys to have a lot more baggage with them. But I mean, with this, like from a football standpoint, yeah, it really doesn't make a lot of sense to sign him. You know, it'd be great in case you know, if case. Uh, uh, Russell goes down, you know, I'd never want that, but I mean, it's it's a good gesture by P. Carroll doing this because a lot of the teams aren't really showing 
Some are showing interest. Like the Vikings uh, president was saying they they should sign him, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like if you want to get into the whole thing that the Seahawks should forget the business side and they should just sign him for the message, we could talk about that. I I guess you could. That, that's a that's a solid point, but um, yeah, that's all we're gonna talk about that. Um. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to talk about UW training. UW opened their athletic camps on the 15th of June. And um, <clears throat> so it's open to athletes, not all athletes, but they're going to get some in. So that's some positive news going forward. Hoping we'll have some college sports this um, fall. Not much to say about there. But then also we've got football. We want to talk about football, recruiting. For Huskies, it's been difficult, right? Jimmy Lake, first-year coach. He hasn't been able to be in person, communicate the Husky message that he wants to to his players that he's recruiting. And um, that's a real downside because, like he said, that's uh, one of the key parts about UW is their culture. And it's really hard to communicate that over a phone call. And I think that's going to negatively impact our recruiting. I think you can see from Oregon, they're ranked 8th, I think, right now. And they've been doing really good just because of their history. But UW's kind of struggling. What do you think? Uh, I mean, like, it's hard to follow up what Chris Peterson's done to this program. I mean, he's built such a great uh, just history with these guys and bringing them all the way to Alabama and the playoffs. You know, it's it's hard to be a first year coach like that and such a great program and continue it. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, Oregon has been doing a great job, like um, like they normally do, but. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue to have a great defense and build with like guys like Sam Heward coming in, quarterback, see if they can build around that. But it's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm hoping the offense will be able to revive. If we can get like some key in-state prospects, some wide receivers. Um, There's some guys out of Kennedy Catholic and um, uh, I think I think O'Day maybe. That, yeah, um, smile O'Day. Would be nice to uh, see the Huskies sign. They're still unsigned, and um, the guys have mostly narrowed it down to UW and some other school. So hopefully, we'll see that news soon. On the other side of the uh, state, we've got Wazoo football with um, Nick Rolovich, new coach. Also, um, I don't know, man. It might be a down year for Washington football. We'll see. Um, who's their quarterback? I don't know who. Oh, uh, I. I forgot his name. Um, did they get the guy see. from Hawaii? They did not. I'm pretty sure they didn't. But uh. um, um, yeah. Uh, we're Seattle fans, right? We don't know that much about Wazoo. We will learn more about Wazoo to keep you guys informed, though. Um, I think Rolovich is going to be doing great with the program. It'll be interesting how he transforms the offense from the um air raid to his more pro style. Right, he's doing pro style offense, I think. Yeah. Um, so that'll be cool to see. Hopefully we'll have a big rivalry. I'm guessing that, uh, UW's gonna win the Apple Cup again, though. Um, it's, it's been sad to watch recently. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> it just... It really has, to. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not complaining, but... Yeah, I, we take those dubs. Yeah, we take those dubs, man. I just wanna see an Oregon win again. Um, with that said, we're gonna touch on the... Move over to... General Sports. We've got the biggest news recently is Kyrie versus Austin Rivers versus the NBA. Talk to me, Drew. Well, I mean, from Kyrie's point of view, like, why... Well, hold up, hold up. You gotta what? give everyone a rundown. You gotta give everyone uh, a rundown. 
Okay, okay. Let's start. Start with the Kyrie side of it. Saying that the league should start even their own, or the players should even start their own league at this point. Because he was saying there's no point in them playing. Like, he, all the NBA players shouldn't play during this time and just stay home. While Austin Rivers says, we want to play. We want to play now. <laughs> Find a way to do it. But Austin and- Rivers' point, right, is that the pl- the whole, you know, with all the protests and all that stuff going on right now, Kyrie's saying that follow the money, right? If yep. we want to make an impact, these athletes, the NBA, which is dominated by African Americans, right? They can make a big statement. Which you've seen LeBron, he's come out with statements. He's been coming out with statements yep. for a while. He's um and he's a standout guy. He's been doing a lot of great stuff with the his Ohio Promise School and stuff, so he, he he's 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 doing good, right? Um <clears throat> But Kyrie's saying now's the time to push it, right? Force the owners because they've got the money. They can make a change if they want to. Which, um, I don't know, it's a solid point, right? But Austin Rivers is saying, hey, we're making money. There's some guys who aren't as rich as Kyrie. They're not making max contracts. And they can use the money they make to support, to fund movements instead, instead of just sitting out. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that uh, the money is where a lot of guys need the paycheck. I mean, it's not like all the superstars. I mean, they'll be fine, obviously. But uh, there's a lot of people that need that money. and not just for themselves, but yeah, for the movement and everything involved with that. So it's a lot, a lot of the, uh, audience, fuck audience <laughs> is to, there's African-Americans. So that this could be a big push in the change that we need. So we'll see. Yeah. I want an NBA season. I get, if you want to argue that you want to make a point, but I don't know, man, it's complicated. We're a sports podcast. Yes. Um, going on though, NBA, right? If we have it, they will be in Orlando, and they said they will have top-notch treatment. They'll have a concierge. They'll have um counselors, top-notch counselors. They'll have pools. They'll have two K stations. They'll have um pool. They'll have I don't know, a bunch of cards. Um, you know, it's like a resort stay to make it as comfortable for the players as possible. Yeah. So um, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> That's all about it on NBA. Um, Zeke, man. Let's talk about Zeke. Football. Man. It's crazy. There's a lot of a lot of the Cowboys running backs tested positive. Like most of them, uh, and some Texans players. So a lot of guys from Texas feeling uh feeling that fucking COVID, dude. Wait, but- Texans too. Yeah, there's a few players. The source said there's a few Texan players who tested positive as oh, well. The Texans, man, go Texans! No, I know, but there's the whole thing with the um, disclosure of medical information without his approval. The HIPAA thing oh, is sure. what Zeke Zeke te- or, uh, tweeted about that because he didn't want his uh, getting that getting out and his saying defending his agent saying he didn't break the story so. He's just defending himself because he didn't. I mean, if you're in that situation, like, I mean, I wouldn't really want the whole world. Yeah, knowing for sure. That. It, but um, definitely, it's not a look, good look for the Cowboys. Not a good look for Zeke. Not a good look for Dak for um violating the COVID rules and having a house party, man. Yeah, um, that that too. That um, 
to find out. I think didn't there weren't there a few people that tested positive there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. And um, it's not a good look, especially with um Jerry Jones not making a statement on the recent um protests yet. He's the only NFL owner not to, I think. Yeah. So um, yeah, Cowboys in turmoil like always. America's team. God. <laughs> um, I want to go on to I don't know. Not all of you guys might know about this, but we're talking about F1 racing. Um, uh, you should definitely check it out if you don't. It's pretty exciting. Um, it's coming back soon, so that's fun. Uh, first thing though, uh, Sebastian Vettel for the Ferrari team uh, recently announced that they will not be uh he will not be returning to the team next year. So that's kind of putting them in an awkward situation with um. Apparently, there's still going to be the season, right? They're still going to have the races, so. We're going to have Vettel out there racing for Ferrari, knowing he's not going to be there next year. And uh, there's already the comp- uh, competition between him and Charles Leclerc, the young stud, who was neck and neck with him. Uh, people were arguing Vettel didn't get the respect he deserved last year. And um, people were arguing Charles Leclerc was better, and it's his turn. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how Ferrari handles that. It'll be interesting to see if Lewis Hamilton will uh, win another championship and be able to be topped also. Or um, how Max Verstappen from Red Bull does. So, um, yeah, if you don't watch, I encourage you to follow that up because that's going to be some exciting stuff going on in sports over the next month. Um, Is there anything else going on right now? It's kind of a slow period, man. Yeah, uh, I guess uh, one of the last things, the NHL uh, training camp start is set for July 10th, so kind of excited uh, for a lot of hockey fans out there because it seems like there's some promise to the whole thing going on. Yeah, um, any sports is good sports at this time, and uh, look forward to all of it. Oh, also, we had the Adria Tour hosted by Djokovic the last um, weekend, and uh, Dominic Team, who Alex, our guest, criticized so harshly, actually came out and won the whole tournament. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, tennis is coming back. We got hockey coming back, hopefully basketball, maybe baseball. Uh, as of today, we're recording on a uh, Wednesday. They are supposedly possibly coming toward an agreement after uh feelings that it wasn't going to happen so hopefully about that um we got soccer coming back uh stuff's starting to look up right yeah um this point i mean a lot of things are opening back up so hopefully we'll see the rise of sports again maybe without fans but sports sports yeah um so i'm excited uh I think that's going to close up our podcast for today. Be sure to like, comment on Instagram at the Sports Needle. On Twitter at the, or on, at Twitter, we are the Sport. No, we're not. We are Sports Needle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Email us at thesportsneedle at gmail.com. Be sure to uh, slide up on Instagram if you want to be a guest next week. Hit us up on Podbean. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify all major podcasts we're on google now too so we're out here man we're making moves we upgraded our audio equipment for the coming weeks so we're excited um once again thanks for tuning in and can't wait for next week this is the sports needle let's go